So I have a whole host of wrong ideas. Not only do I not know myself, I have wrong ideas, and so these become a barrier to seeing Bhagavan in, in, in completely. So the Upanishads and the Vedas, the, the, the first portion of the Vedas and the Upanishads, they help us out in understanding the statement that all that is here is only Bhagavan and nothing else. How to assimilate this, how to understand this best. And so there is a threefold way of understanding it. You know, and this this uh, this scheme is beautiful because it helps us to see what Bhagavan really is, and it helps us to see that this Bhagavan, this Sarveshwaratvam, is is uh, you know exemplified through this Sarveshwaratvam, and then Sarvatmakatvam and Sarvantaryamitvam. It's an overlay. This this scheme helps us. And how do we understand this scheme? How do we internalize this scheme? And for this, we have, you know, another, you know, scheme that overlays this, which is called, you know, this centered on the surroundings, Adhi Bhuta, Adhi Deva, centered on Bhagavan, centered on the laws of Bhagavan, and then finally what? Adhi Atma, Adhi Atma, Adhi Deva, and Adhi Bhuta. Adhideva means, and here we have a beautiful, you know, a beautiful connection. We, we see this wonderfully. And you may take something very easy, something a simple act. What is the act? Breathing in, breathing out. This is our act, you know. So first what is there? What is there is the, is Bhagavan. Everything is Bhagavan, correct? So that's why we can say, Namaste Vayo. Vameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi. This Vayu is what? Surrounding me, correct? Adhibhuta because I can feel it, I can sense it, I breathe it in. And this Vayu is also Bhagavan. Why? Because, you know, from this Bhagavan only Vayu, the five elements have been created, correct? So then, Adhi, first we'll take it as gross Vayu, Adhibhuta, which I can sense. And then what happens? Very funny. So, Adhibhuta Vayu, and then take a deep breath. You can, don't have to wait to exhale. Yeah, can exhale. <laughs> when you take a deep breath, that fullness in the lungs, can you call it Vayu now? What is inside? When it is taken in, what, what happened to Vayu? Ah, vayu Gaya, Pran, Prana has come. Vayu has gone. No more Vayu. You know? Vahu, you have to say. No Vahu. <laughs> what has come now? It has become Prana. And in another, you know, Shloka it says, Prano Vai Ishvara. This Prana is also Ishvara. Why? Because I am breathing, you are breathing, everybody hopefully is breathing. And then, you know, and then you, all the people in this room are breathing. And then all the people who are not in this room are also breathing. Correct? Yeah, it's a very good inference. Correct? And then, uh, you know, Devatas are breathing. Yeah, why? Prana Pratishtha. Because we have infused them with the prana. Devatas are breathing. Everybody is breathing, breathing, breathing. Correct? And now that it becomes a law, that which connects the vayu to the prana, and that which connects the individual prani to all these, you know, the way of breathing, choking, everything is included. Disorder, not breathing. And suddenly the vayu, you know, going in, deciding not to come out, that is also included. So this, you know, so pranova ishvara adhyatha, this is also ishvara. And the law that connects, the law, there is a law which we, I don't sense, but it connects the prana with what? What does it connect the prana with? Vayu. Ah, there is a law. That is adhideva. That the Vayu goes through a particular channel, correct? You know, called the windpipe. And then you take it in. And then if supposing there is some obstruction, the cough comes, why? Because that law also governs the law of karma. So there is an overlay between the law of how the breathing takes place and, and then what? The law of individual karma. So there is what? Pulmonary disease, COPD, all these things are included in this law. So, Adi Deva, Adi Bhuta, Adhyatma. Then we say, 
all this is Ishvara. This is much easier to grasp. Don't you see this? Yeah. Prana. So what is in my lungs? Bhagavan. Prano vai Ishvara. Then this prana now turned into vayu because I exhale. See, just the mere act of exhalation has made the prana turn into vayu, back into vayu. Of course, dushita vayu, you know, carbon. <laughs> carbon, what is that? Monoxide and dioxide, all these things. So, carbon dioxide and the carbon dioxide has come out and of course, I have, you know, that's what is called carbon footprint. You know, that means, you know, all the energy that you are already using up breathing, you know, not your energy, the energy of the, the universe and all the elements in it, the resources. So, therefore, if you make your cars breathe through the muffler and if you make all these, you know, gas, guzzling things breathe, then the whole planet is warming up, you see. This is what my own actions, Adhyatma, affecting the Adhibhuta and there is a law, the collective law of the collective karma of all beings who have to suffer global warming, correct? Our own actions being presented to us. So this, this threefold connection is very easy to assimilate all this is Bhagavan. And if we look a little deeper, we can overlay that somewhat, not, not, a, uh, not a nice, uh, not a nice uh, uh, neat dovetailing overlay, but a somewhat nice overlay. We, we have, you know, Adhideva, which means that which is centered on Bhagavan and the laws. And what is that? Sarva Ishwaratvam, Sarva Ishwaratvam, the one who is the maker of the laws, the one who deploys all the laws in the correct places at the correct times. And then, what is that? The next one, Sarva Ishwaratvam. Sarvatmakatvam Adhibhuta, that everything that has presence is the presence of Bhagavan alone. Sarva Antaryamitvam. What is that? Adhyatma, Antaryami, you know, Antastishtan Yamayati, Antaryami. Yamayati means restrains, means makes everything go a certain way. Antartishtan, Antastishtan, staying within the, indwelling the body-mind sense complex, so that is definitely Adhyatma. So even though there are fancy words, all starting with S, 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 you know, yeah, what is this? S S Sarveshwaratva Sarvatmagatvam Sarvantaryamitvam Yeah, which is nothing other than our age-old, which we have age-old means for Atlanta, we have been studying this. And uh, you know, what is that? What have we been studying? Adi Deva. Yeah, Adi Deva, and so Adideva is the so Adibhuta first we will take because we are so much fixated with our surroundings, five elements, Vayu for example, and that Vayu internally taken becomes Adhyatma, Prana, and that Prana exhaled out and the act of breathing and what connects me to the breathing and what connects me to all the breathing people is, is what is called the law, you know, of both Vayu and the breath. And that is what is called Adhideva. See, very easy, not difficult at all. So this is what has to be understood and, uh, and that's what I wanted to make that a, a point because this will help us as we go through, as we negotiate this. Huh? Okay. Pramuncha dhanvanasvam Pramuncha dhanvanasvam Ubhayo Okay? Yeah. 
psychosis here. Yeah. So the garden variety neurosis, everyone has, everyone is anxious, everyone is panicky, everyone is, you know, forgetful, everyone is mistaking, has a subjective view, mistaking everything that is said and not understanding properly. This is called manovyadhi. This is the regular, you know, regular problem. And for this problem, this is the medicine. Shri Rudram is a nice dose. Yeah, this is each Anubhaka. So, it, this is a medicine that is a, comes in 11 doses. Yeah, each Anubhaka is a dose. And it's a timed release because it may not have immediate effect, like Ayurvedic medicine, you know. 
they will say do this, do that, and then along with the do's, and there are also some don'ts. I don't know why. You go to any Ayurvedic practitioner, first thing they cut out is eggplant. Katrika. Yeah, don't, don't eat. Don't eat eggplant. What poor eggplant has done, you know. Don't eat eggplant. And then, you know, they'll give you so say, there are certain don'ts. Don't eat eggplant, don't eat potatoes. Those were the only things I used to eat. Now, <laughs> one day I made eggplant and potatoes, another day potatoes and eggplant. This is what I, this is how I ate. This was my diet. And then this Ayurvedic Vaidya, you know, Vichak, what did he say? He said, don't eat potatoes, don't eat eggplant. What should I do? Go on a fast. Good. You know? Yeah. So this is what the whole thing is. So there are certain rules. You know, take the kashaya, that is given, take the doses, take the medicine has to be taken in a timely way, empty stomach, all these things they will tell you. And then you know they, they will either slather you with oil and make you come out like avakka, you know, at the end of the fifteen days. You know? You are a you know, you are like a prune, you know, you are, you, are, you are like a pickled, you know, object because you have sat in the oil, like even the mango pickle. And then after that what? Then you suddenly feel better, you don't know why. You know, whether it's the eggplant leaving or whether it's the potato or what it is, you don't care, you are feeling better. Why? Because you have gone through a regimen. This Shri Rudram is the regimen for the disease of samsara which is lodged in the mind and which is, you know, understood as affecting the mind. Because karma can only bring difficulty at the level of the body. But if the mind gets involved, that means I have entered into the murky waters of samsara. So therefore what? So therefore this is a very beautiful thing here. And here, the, the devotee has been first praying out of the sense of fear. Because that's the first, you know, introduction to Bhagavan. Oh my God, who are you? Where are you? And what are you doing to me? Most importantly. So this why me syndrome starts very right in the beginning of my nascent relationship with Bhagavan. And you know, the parents don't help. They say, you better pray. Some parents, you know, otherwise something bad will happen. Why do they say that? Because they themselves are scared. Simple. Don't think they are trying to scare you. They are not trying to scare you. They themselves are scared and they are just merely passing on the fear as a legacy. That's all it is. Yeah. They are just passing on the fear. You better pray. Why? Because you don't know what will happen. <laughs> and so you see, that's why that reading the translation of the Rudram doesn't work. Because perhaps that's what the parents and the elders have done. Oh my God, all these arrows, you know, remember the last few classes, all these arrows directed only at me, why me, oh my God, me and my children and me and my family and me and my relatives and me and my, you know, people and all these difficulties are coming only to me and so all these have to be warded off, so better pray. And in a way it's not wrong also, but we don't have to have this, you know, Udyata, you know, what is that, Khadva, Khadva means sword. Udyata means the raised sword Bhagavan, we don't have to picture, correct? That is the picture out of my own deficit of understanding. And the deficit of understanding, you know, makes me fear people in authority and Bhagavan being the ultimate boss, ultimate authority of the whole jagat. There is a quaking feeling. And of course we grow up amongst religions, mainstream religions, who have made the whole religion into this thing. Yeah. You better be afraid and go, so what should I do if I am afraid? Should I pray? No, yeah, you can pray. But first you have to declare you are saved. And um, you know, they first they, they stop the fear, these mainstream traditions. And then what do they do? Then they appoint themselves to put out the fire. Yeah. This is very interesting. <laughs> very strange. First you make, a, the, make the person horribly afraid, already they are frightened, it doesn't take much. And then you tell them all these things, and then you tell, you know, you give some, you know, things, pictures of hell, pictures of Maraka, and that's where you are headed. And then, you know, what about this Maraka right here, don't worry about that, you know. That Maraka is afterlife means you will be hot forever. How can you be always burning? How long can something burn, tell me, you know. 
this eternal uh, burning I never understood. First of all, what is going to be burnt? You have left the body behind, correct? And that which is unassailable by the five elements, this, you know, all the desires and all, they are in a subtle form. You know, they cannot be, they cannot be harmed by the elements. And then you go elsewhere, there also the same elements are there, you know. And the fire, what is it burning? And how can you feel hot? Because when you, the, all the feeling, the things, the body can left behind here, correct? The body was already burnt, that's why you didn't get up and protest, because you didn't feel anything. <laughs> it was just the body. <laughs> you didn't say, what is this, you are keeping on piling wood on me, have some shame. You know, you didn't say that. Why? Because you had already vacated, it's a shell. The body has been vacated, correct? It's vacant, yeah. It's vacant and it is, it is shirya manas prabhava chariram shrill to disintegrate, it disintegrates completely. And so therefore we help it along because we don't want to watch it disintegrating. And so we help it along, we either put it six feet under or put it on the pyre, on the funeral pyre, we have to dispose of it. So that no one protests shows that nobody is there, correct? Otherwise you see even one small little burn from the gas fire or from small thing, oh, 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 you know, and the, 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 the hand becomes what? The most beloved one, even I didn't even notice I had a hand. <laughs> now there's one small little burn and then you show it to all the friends, look what happened. <laughs> and they need a micro, what is that, microscope, a magnifying glass to even see where the burn is because it's not that serious. But then this, you, are, you are convinced it is third degree, you are contemplating going to emergency. I don't know. And they, oh, and you think that this whole body being burnt, a person would tolerate? Not at all. That means what? That there is nobody there. Correct? And so then, so what survives? There is something that survives the birth. All religions say this. Yes. So then, that which survives is immune to the five elements. Correct? Obviously, otherwise it wouldn't have survived. It would also have disintegrated along with the body-mind. Sorry, along with the body. So the mind survives, it is subtle. It is immune to the five elements in a way because it's immune only to the gross five elements. There are subtle five elements because the subtle five elements, you know, are that from which the mind, the chitta, the various aspects of the mind, chitta, ankara, buddhi, etc. are all crafted from the subtle elements. So the subtle elements are not succumbing to the gross elements because they are not able to be objectified so easily. Correct? So then when the subtle elements go to this hot afterlife, what is going to be burnt? I don't understand. This is all just some problems. So first they put you in peril and then, uh, you know, stoke the fear, fire. And then they appoint themselves as, uh, you know, the fire firemen and firewomen. Yeah. So they come with a big fire extinguisher. This is not our tradition at all. You know, we don't need anything to be extinguished. Why? Because the whole idea is to show that samsara is a subjective understanding that I am burning. That I am not burning. I am not in peril. And this understanding is depicted in the verse, in the mantra that we just chanted. It is so beautiful. And here it shows the agency of the human being, the agency of one's power. To what? To even make Bhagavan disarm. Very nice. So what I want to see in Bhagavan is a disarming presence. Correct? It disarms me of all my offensive and uh, of all my omissions and commissions and all my offensive ways of being. Not only does it disarm me, itself is a disarming presence. Means all the, you know, ayudhas, weapons, that I saw directed against me, what happened? Now I see them all at rest. They are around, but they are at rest. Why are they at rest? What made Bhagavan put down the weapons? Huh? Suddenly this Bhagavan who was having the arrow and bow, <coughs> uh, my own change in my vision. 
my own maturity that I have got in these verses, in the study of these verses, my own maturity, my own emotional threshold has increased. This is what one has to do. One has to increase the threshold. Threshold for all kinds of uh, difficulties. And when my threshold increases, then what happens? My emotional threshold, my cognitive threshold, when it increases, then these don't become objects of fear. So now I am, I am recrafting my image of Bhagavan. So pramuncha, pramuncha means uncha uncha. We leave pramuncha. It's it's a it's a emphasized muncha. That's why I said muncha muncha. Ha ha muncha muncha. We leave leave what? Dhanmanaha of the bow. You know, Dhanmanaha ubhayaha arpnyoho ubhayaha both. Of the bow, arpnyoho. Arpni means ends. Ends, you know. The bow is actually not like a bow. It's not bent. Why? Because it's actually straight. And on the two ends, there are these little rings provided which are fixed to the bow. Sometimes they are carved into the wood and those rings are there and then the, the wood being pliable it, it, it bends into the shape of what is now called a bow because the string that I tie is shorter than the piece of wood. Simple. Yeah, that's all it is. And in fact, not everyone can string the bow. You have to be, and you have to have instructions. You have to become first student of Dronacharya <laughs> or student of Arjuna or someone and then you have to get lessons in stringing. Otherwise, what will happen an inexpert person stringing the bow, what will happen when you try to bend it, it would come and hit you. Yeah, boomerang it will become. And so it, will, it can, you can have sustained injuries. Or it can just fly off somewhere because, because of the velocity of the bending and then releasing. So you have to, there is a certain way to do it. You step on the, you first tie one string, that's a no-brainer. And then you have to step on that, you know, ring or the thing. And then you have to bend it and that's not easy to bend the wood. Even though it's pliable, it's not, you know, you have to have a lot of strength, upper arm strength, then you bend it and you cannot waste time tying the next string. The next string and the next, in the next hole is tied very quickly and it has to be tight because if it is loose, you cannot have it around you, again it will fly off somewhere. So it has to be tight, it has to be proper, what kind of knots, all these things are there. You know, and sometimes this string is made of, you know, animal skin or something like that. You know, not, what is that, the, um, you know, the, uh, with a guitar you play with that, you know, the violin. Yeah, something like that. So some kind of an animal product it used to be made of. And uh, so this is, you know, uh, this is why the, you know, the, the Brahmanas are exempt from this. That's why Drona is criticized because even being a Brahmana, he became a uh, teacher of archery and, uh, you know, went in, you know, delved in cat gut and other things. And so that's why he is criticized in the Mahabharata for that and he becomes an archetype of what happens when you leave Swadharma. Paradharmo Bhayavaha. Correct? Yeah. So then, this is what, the, the, you know, so this is what um, entails in stringing the bow. And so here I see Bhagavan and I, I command Bhagavan, Pramuncha, let go of what? Dhanmanaha Ubhayoho Arpnyoho Pramuncha. Arpnyoho Jyam Pramuncha. So the Pramuncha goes with Jyam. What is Jya? Jya is Jya or Jaha is string. Yeah. So Jyam, second case, Pramuncha. Let the string go. Untie this bow, bow O Bhagavan. Untie this bow. Untie the string. Unstring this bow. Untie the string which is strung at both ends. Ubhayoho both. Arpnyoho the ends. Jyam. That string. Muncha muncha. Ramuncha. So first I thought 
He is like this, ready to, with the arrow also fitted in, directed straight at my heart. And then what? Now I tell him, now we are on friendly terms, because I am no longer scared. So now I tell him, what's the hurry for this karmapala? Let go. You also relax. I'm offering Naivedya, See how crafty, strategic, craftiness, you know, discovered by this newly minted devotee. I have many lifetimes. Don't worry. Why are you in such a hurry? Let go. Relax. I'm giving you, you know, incense. Yeah. The shabdam, bhuggulam, dhupam, you know, I'm giving, made up all kinds of fragrant flowers. I'm offering dhupam. And look, look at this lovely light. Don't you like the sound of this tinky thing? No, well, I'm doing all these things. Relax, come on. You know, what's the rush? I'm here. Of course, Karmapalas have to come. They come. But right now, you know, you look really stressed. You need to relax. <laughs> So I have what? Superimposed <laughs> my own things on Bhagavan and I'm recrafting a new image of Bhagavan. This is the beauty, beauty of our tradition. I can superimpose anything on anything. And I'm I'm using strategically my own subjectivity to to you know immediately have two effects. The first effect is to recraft Bhagavan as a pleasing presence and and while I recraft Bhagavan, I am also invoking because Pramuncha, I am commanding Bhagavan. I am demanding, come on, leave this, let go of this. What are you doing, stringing bow? I am here trying to pray to you. In the second instance, this invocation becomes a prayer. And every prayer has an effect. And here, the effect of my thought makes Bhagavan into Saumya Murti from Raudra Murti. Yeah. Raudra means, you know. Rudre Bhavam, yeah, that which is, you know, born of Rudra, you know, that is, so Raudra means terrifying, Saumya means a pleasing, calming countenance here. Why? Because I have, I, you know, I uh, pleased Bhagavan so much that when he was not looking, I took the, the quiver from the shoulder and put it down. It all come now. And then I took the bow and made him only unstring it because I don't know how, you know. <laughs> I took the arrow and when he was not looking, what did I do? I just rubbed it against a stone so that the mouth of it was blunted and I didn't feel the sharp ends even if he released it. So all this I did and I just kept him, you know, kept him in good humor and all I could see was there was a blessing present because he was not busy stringing the bow and then stringing a whole lot of karma laws against me. Now when the dhanu becomes shanta, when the bow and the arrow lose their urgency, what happens? That means my prayer has worked. My prayer has worked to stall the karma because I am stalling Bhagavan now and very cleverly I have stalled the karma. I have put, the, I have said to the karma, stop, wait, what is the rush? I'm not going anywhere, you can just wait, just wait and slowly. So, Pramuncha Dhanvanaha Ubhayoho Dhanvanaha of the both, six case, Ubhayoho of both, Artmyoho of the ends, Jyam, the string, let go of this string. And once it is unstrung, I can relax. This is called relaxing in the order of Bhagavan through the prayer, neutralizing my own karma. Do you see how it is no good to sit and wait? See, one can sit and wait or one can actively pray. You know, and here was Bhagavan, you know, ready to strike. And what happened to this Bhagavan? Bhagavan is smiling at me and has let go of the, the, the very dangerous looking bow. <laughs> And the even more dangerous arrow because the bow itself, see, we are not worried about the arrow because the arrow cannot be thrown. It has to be strung, you know, put in the bow and released. So we go to the source and say, unstring this bow. So that the arrow, where will the arrow come from? Yeah. Then what? Then we look at the arrow a little later, no problem. First, the bow has to be unstrung. Okay. Then, <coughs> Avatatya, 
Tat is the, what is that? Is the, from tan to tighten. Avatatya means having loosened. Having untied. Avatatya dhanuhu. Having untied the bow. Who is yours? One, you. Sahasraksha. Shate shudhe. Shata ishudhihi. Ishudhi means quiver. Yeah. Ishudhi also means the one who wields the quiver. Yeah. Ishudhi quiver. Ishu, you know, Ishudhi also means the wielder of the quiver. Shata Ishudhi, Shate Ishudhi means unto the O wielder of a hundred quivers. Oh my god. You know, if you've seen an archer, at the most you have one quiver, right? Full of arrows. Quiver means the little you know, yeah. container for the arrows is called quiver. And looking at one itself makes me quiver. That's why it's called quiver. Because you see all these arrows and sometimes they are poison tipped. According to my karma, I'm seeing Bhagavan, poison tipped, very sharp, all these things, toxic arrows. One quiver itself makes me quiver. And Bhagavan is depicted as the wielder of a hundred quivers. We are not talking of arrows. Each, uh, each quiver may have a hundred arrows. We don't know the size of them. We are talking of someone who is sporting on his back a hundred quivers. Oh my God. That's, that's a lot of quivers. That shows the unending, you know, what is that? Onslaught of karma. Unending onslaught of karma. So many quivers. You know, we cannot say so little time because for Bhagavan, next life is also there. So one quiver, this life, one quiver, next life, after that, dog life, cat life, you know, donkey life, centipede life, earthworm life, another useless human life. You know, like this it keeps on going and going and going, going strong. So this quiver is something to be quivered at. So you can take it two ways, you know. One is, this is the Sanchita Karma, my collected karmas from all these lives, whenever I have ignored or neglected or gone against dharma, correct? Yeah. When was the first life? We cannot ask that question. Why? Anavadimath. There is no first life. Because we, we, we are used now, because we live in the, this world of rational, so-called rational logical thinking, we see everything straight line. But usually it's a circle. Yeah. Everything that comes from the East is circle, round, purna, you know. <laughs> Even the, the teaching is what? You are purna, complete. There is a circle there. And the samsara is also another circle. Yeah, this one is full, this one is hollow. That's all. Both of them are circles. <laughs> Both are infinite. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't select the purna, samsara circle is also infinite. So from this infinite circle, samsara circle, with an infinite number, number of births, with an infinite number of all kinds of deeds that I have done, you know, which are now represented in the form of a hundred quivers. Each arrow is one one life. Think about it. But then why are they just not a heap of arrows? No, no, no. This is an intelligent universe. Bhagavan's knowledge. So all the four-footed, you know, animal birds, potential, are in one quiver. All the bipeds, birds, etc. in another quiver. Useless human life, third quiver. Like this. Sickness, a fourth quiver, and all kinds of you know financial losses. Blessed by Shani, one is born. You know, <laughs> you know, sixth quiver like that. We can keep listing. So each quiver could be one one kind of karma, one one kind of life, one one kind of you know onslaught. Mental turmoil, emotional turmoil, this, that, physical, you know, things, abundance. Yeah, and then in, in one quiver, all the marriages. Now yeah, think about it. <laughs> all the marriages of so many lifetimes. My God, this one itself, I can barely manage. manage. Yeah. That which, which is always at best barely managed is called marriage. Only one letter is off. Manage, marriage, that's all. 
that which I can barely manage. That which is barely man manageable is called marriage. And one full quiver of arrows, each arrow representing a various kinds of marriages. Yeah. You know, from not so happy to unhappy, you know, the whole range is covered, you know. So therefore, this is all my bad karma, this is all my, my papa. It's not that Bhagavan is crafting these various, uh, what is that, like a Guantanamo Bay torturer, you know, crafting various kind of waterboarding and other uh, instruments of torture. Bhagavan is not represented as a sadist, not a sadist, it's my own karma. Bhagavan's imagination, how to best deploy this karma for this person, that's all. So, my own karma, when I see, you know, forget the quivers, I start to quiver. So, oh, Shata Ishudhi, oh you, the one who is having these thousand quivers and Sahasraksha that we have already seen, the one who, nothing, from whom nothing escapes. Here we have to take that second meaning. Not that everything is Bhagavan, that meaning doesn't apply here. The one who is the seer of all the things that I do. The one who is Aluptadrik. What is Aluptadrik? Huh? One without eyelids. Ah, one without eyelids. Yeah, Swami Ji shows like this. One who is always present. Because even when you blink, you can miss something. Especially if you have a toddler, you know. You blink and if they, it was sitting right here and then it's gone into the other room and also managed to unravel all the knitting. Yeah, that you have done for three days. Yeah. In one blink of the eye, you know. So that is the that is the whole thing. And so here Bhagavan doesn't even blink. Sahasraksha, all the thousand eyes reflected on all your actions because that's how the Karmatala can come. Correct? All the thousand pairs of a thousand years is countless. Countless eyes or pairs of eyes, you know, reflected totally, you know, deployed totally on your actions so that the results can be counted properly. And here they all are, oh you, one who never misses anything. And then because you are Sahasraksha, you have thousand eyes, that's why you have hundreds of quivers. Because what the eyes noted, you know, came out in the form of the quivers. <laughs> yeah, because you saw with the eyes, you tabulated my karma. With these thousand eyes, you tabulate the karma of all the jivas. And then you start sharpening the arrows. And then you start making quiver of all the animal skins. And to put the arrows in very knowledgeably, according to a certain style. With the sense of humor. Right? Because Bhagavan does have a sense of humor. How can you tell? Look at your own life. Yeah. <laughs> you will see Bhagavan's sense of humor. Look at your own life. You know, that's what it is. And uh, then, you know, this is how the whole thing proceeds. And, uh, and then they, they, you, you can see the sense of humor. And sometimes, you know, we ask for foolish things and then they come true. And how they come true is also very funny. Yeah. One lady told me, I met her at an interfaith meeting and she belongs to some indigenous African tradition, you know. And she had gone through a very bad divorce and she was, you know, she was over it and she was hoping to meet someone, you know, in her life and everything. So she said, please pray for me. I said, I will pray. I said, what do you do in your tradition? Oh, she said, we have a very effective ritual to invite male energy. I said, please do that. So she, she did that ritual, spent a lot of money to invite positive male energy. And then, you know, uh, I said, uh, then, you know, I, I met her six months later or one year later. I said, how did the prayer work out? What happened to the ritual? She says, oh, she says, God does have a sense of humor. I said, what happened? She says, you know, I uh, suddenly got five, you know, very big male students. Yeah, so that's the thing, you know. So they came in, the, the male energy did come, but it came in the form of students. Yeah, <laughs> not partner. So, not partner material at all. Yeah, so this is <laughs> so this is what happened. So Bhagavan has energy and she said they are very helpful, they are wonderful, they are very devoted and, you know, reverential. But this is how it is. 
So this is what Bhagwan has a sense of humor. The quivers, you know, even though they have my name on each of them and the, and the arrows too, they are they are crafted just for me, but not without a sense of humor. You know, it's like each quiver is saying many happy returns into samsara. That's why in birthday you say many happy return. Yeah, you are back again. That's what it is. And you are still here. That's what we are acknowledging. And then, so that is the first meaning of Shate Shudhe. Thousands of quivers, hundreds of quivers. So first meaning is what? I take it as various, my own avatars represented in the quivers. Each lifetime is one one quiver. We can take it like that. Or my own sanchita karma. Then the another meaning as each quiver is belonging to one one jiva. And then you see the whole karma of everyone unfolding simultaneously. This is on the Adhideva level. On the Adhyatma level, I can take it as all directed at me, as all of them just for my sake alone. So, Sahasraksha, Sahasraksha, He Sahasraksha, Shate Shudhe, He Shate Shudhe. Oh, you, what are you, you know, you please, Pramuncha Dhanmanahatvam, you know. And then, uh, you know, avatatya dhanusvam sahasraksha chateshudhe. Avatatya means having unstrung, untied your bow. You know, you, you, you just be a blessing. It is not said here, but you please be a blessing presence in my life. Don't be a harming presence. Look at the, look at how much guts the devotee has got. First was shaking. <laughs> Shaking, it was not even cold, but quivering literally. Namaste Rudra Vanyava, you know, Vanyavenamaha. First, I see you as very angry. Namaskar to your anger, Namaskar to your hands. Why? Because they are holding this very scary looking strung bow. In which there is many, there is not just one arrow because if you are really a good archer, you can shoot five, six arrows at a time in different directions. Yeah, Arjuna could do that. So, five, six arrows directed straight at me. Bahubhyam Namaha, Namaha to those hands that are wielding the bow. Namaha to the bow, Namaha to the arrow, Namaha to your anger, which is again a wrong superimposition. My own karma, I am seeing as your anger. See how long, long way this devotee has grown. First he was just groaning, now he has grown. <laughs> he has grown and he is now commanding Bhagavan in lot, imperative mood. Pramuncha, put that down, what are you doing? Don't you see I am praying and my action is already utilizing this karma. Better put that down. Pramancha, not only put that down, but also let go of that string which is tying the bow. And we know you have a thousand quivers. And then what? And you have a thousand, and each quiver has so many, a thousand arrows. So all these hundreds of thousands of karma directed against me. Stop! Please! This is not begging. This is deploying my prayer and seeing that as a, in the instant result of my prayer deserves Bhagavan. Yeah. And you can you will see that by the end of the uh, Anuvaka, the devotee gets even more strategically crafty. Nishirya Shalya Namukha Nishirya Shalya Namukha Shivona Sumana Bhava Shivona Sumana Bhava Vijjan Dhanu Vijjan Dhanu Kapardino Kapardino Vishalyo Vishalyo Varnavagum Uta Varnavagum Uta Nishidya Shalya Shalya Namukha Shivona Sumana Bha 
these demons were very blessed. So these loopholes, Bhagavan, you know, has so many, he is the master of loopholes. So he can say, I don't need, you know, I don't need an archer, I don't need the, you have made me unspeakable, but I, you, don't, you forget I was a javelin thrower and I can take the arrow and direct it. So now I have to have him dealt with the bow. Now these individual small, small, annoying and big, big, annoying karmas, I'm saying, please, oh Bhagavan, take the arrow and then rub it against the ground. What, what will you do? Will blunt the tip of it and then even when the karma is come at me, I will, it will not hurt me so sharply. It will not hurt me. So just to, you know, scratch the tip on any surface and make blunt the tip. Yeah, nishirya sanyanam kha, shivaha, oh shiva, you know, shiva, you know, naha, towards us. It's a collective prayer, towards us. Sumana bhava, be a blessing presence. More we'll see tonight. Shanti Shanti Hari Om Shri